Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we have so much to be thankful for. And I pray this day as we realize the power of thanksgiving, the power of thankful living, we can understand it's your desire for us to have a great life. Our desire, your desire for us to be happy, joyful, and free. Help us to understand how to be on that path. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a good friend of mine, and, and um, one of the goals that we have set for each other, and we hold each other accountable, is striving in life to be happy, joyful, and free. And today the message is going to be divided into three parts, and the first part is talking about being happy. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul gives us a challenge. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in what? All circumstances. I believe that if we can learn what it means to be thankful in all situations, we can learn what it means to have a life that is happy and joyful and free. What's interesting in the Bible is I took out my ESV study Bible and I went to the concordance and I looked up the word happy. Guess how many times it was in the... English Standard Version Bible. Guess how many times it was there? Zero. Not in it at all. They have other words. Joyous, gladness, contentment. The word happy was nowhere to be found. And then I thought, okay, the opposite of happy is what? Sad. And so I once again looked at the concordance for sad, and guess what? It wasn't there. They have words like downcast or, you know, just that's one of the main words, but just the word sad was not used... um, at all. And I thought that very interesting because when you think of being happy or sad, so often it's based on circumstances in life. If things go really good, you are what? Happy. And what is sad? Sad means being unhappy. So when things go bad, you are then sad. And so you're on this roller coaster up and down of happy, sad. Does anybody like that roller coaster? Wouldn't it be great to be more level? Well, I want to challenge us here today, because as I looked through the Bible and, and studied, you know, topics that kind of are closest to, to happiness, the word I saw over and over again is the word blessed. Not just in the areas for happiness, but areas where you might even find the word sadness. The word that's always there is the word bless or blessed. And we have a God who blesses us, right? And when does he bless us? Sometimes. No, he's blessing us all the time. Right away, we see in the, in the Old Testament, in Numbers, we have the, um, the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. We see a lot of other verses of blessing, too. In fact, what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to make you work. I want you to do some work to get your appetite up for your turkey in a little bit. Take out a Bible in front of you. And I want you first to turn to Psalm chapter 1 on page 843. 843. So, Psalm 1, verse 1. The Psalms, most of them are written by David. And the word bless, blessed is used time and time again. And right away in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, the very first word in Psalms, chapter 1, verse 1, blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. 
but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Blessed is a person who follows God's way, who follows God's word. He's like a tree, or he or she's like a tree planted by the water. That's going to bear fruit all the time, be healthy all the time. And so the key for blessedness is found in God, in his love for us, and in his word. I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 4, actually Matthew 5, on page 1501, 1501. Matthew 5, verse 3 and following on 1501. These are the Beatitudes. We're going to see the word blessed used quite a bit here. And it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are are the merciful, for they are shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you look at all different situations, the blessings keep pouring on all different types of situations in life. And the reality of how God blesses is this. His blessing is constant. Just as his love is continuously showering and pouring upon us in the good times and also in the bad times. Now, it's easy to, when things are going good to say, yeah, I'm being really blessed. Let's say things aren't going so good. Let's say things are going bad. How can you say you're still being blessed? The Apostle Paul in, in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5 says, I rejoice in my suffering." Because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. The point he's making is this. I am happy in the midst of suffering. Because through suffering, I grow. And I become stronger. And I get closer to God. You know, Romans 8.28, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. And you look at that, and it says all things work together for the good. We have a God who is in control of the universe. He's in control of our lives if we let him do that. And the reality is this. No matter what we face in this life, his grace and his love is always there. He will help us through any situation we face. We are being blessed in the good times. We're being blessed in the bad times. And so I want you to maybe stop, stop thinking the words happy and sad, that roller coaster, and think of the word blessed, okay? Because happy and sad is this up and down roller coaster ride. Blessed is a continuous, straight, even keel ride of being happy. And the reality is that's what God wants for each one of us, to realize we are blessed all the time. And when we realize that, we have great reason also to be thankful all the time. So what's the key for happiness? Living in happiness is knowing that no matter what the situation, we are always what? We are always blessed. Please rise. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia, alleluia. 
Pull the gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give thanks, praise to God, except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is the gospel of the Lord. We continue in time of prayer. Lord Jesus, on this Thanksgiving and always, we have so much to be thankful for. And right now we pause in the silence of our hearts to lift up to you thanks for your blessings. Lord, as we live out our days on this planet, help us to focus on the blessings. Help us to focus on the wonderful things that you are doing. Even in the face of challenges life, we know that you are in control. And we pray for those that are going through challenging times, for those who mourn the loss of loved ones, that you give them peace and comfort and healing, the assurance of the reality that you won the victory, Lord Jesus, over death for all of us. We pray for those who are sick or hospitalized or going through unworldly challenges. Lord, we pray for their healing. We pray for their peace. And Lord, help us as your servants to reach out more to those around us who are hurting. And Father God, we pray for our nation, for our world, that the people in this world will look to you more and more to realize how blessed they truly are. And we pray for our church, we pray for our school. Lord, help us to live collectively as expression of thanksgiving and how we live our lives for you and, and spreading your love to those in our community to the ends of the earth. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Happy, joyful. Joy is called one of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. There's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Joy is meant to be something that is filling our lives. And since it's called a fruit of the Spirit, the source of that joy is from God to us through His Spirit. The word joy is used a lot 
in the Bible. And I want to show you some examples of that. First Psalm 100, if you want to follow along, 937, page 937. It's a psalm we read a little bit ago. It's an attitude of worship, which is to translate into an attitude for life. You see, worship is not something to be set aside from our life. It's, it's who we are. That even when we leave worship, our lives of worship should continue until we come together again to worship as a family. It says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. But all the earth is called to shout for joy. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God, it is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Who's the owner? God is the owner. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good, his love endures forever, his faithfulness continues through all generations. An attitude of joy, gladness, and thanksgiving, even as we worship, but it's meant to carry over into all all aspects of our lives. We're going to turn now to Philippians chapter 1. It's on page 1825, 1825. And while you are doing this, we had a series recently, a two-part series on contentment. And how in Philippians, Paul says, I found the secret to being content. He found the secret to being happy, joyful, and, and free. But yet when he wrote Philippians, where is he? He's in prison. He's chained up. Because of his faith in Jesus Christ. You would never know that when you read Philippians. In fact, if you have some time this afternoon after you eat the turkey, um, maybe take out the Bible. Read through Philippians. It's one of the most joyful, uplifting books you would ever read. And yet, he wrote it, not even knowing if he was going to get out of jail or prison, alive. And right away in, in um, Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. He's filled with thankfulness. He's filled with joy even as he is in prison. Turn to chapter 2, verse 1. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, If any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Again, the word joy comes up. And how is that joy found? It's found by having things in the right order in life. Jesus first, then others then yourself. One more. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 4. Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord. What's that next word? Always. And I, say, I will say it again. Rejoice. Kind of making a point there, right? Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ 
Jesus. There's a lot there. You know, when it comes to joy, it's a matter of getting things in the right order. The order is J for Jesus, O is for others, and Y is for you. That is the order that is essential. I'm going to sh- there's some different ways that sometimes we tend to scramble up the words and it doesn't work. If we put like Jesus first, then ourselves and others, that kind of breaks the section we just read where Paul says, put others above yourself. We're called to be servants, not to be lording over people. Or others, Jesus, and you, that's going to be a life of pretty low self-esteem. You're going to feel pretty worthless if you're living that way. Others, yourself, Jesus, ultimately others are going to be ruling over you and not Jesus. That's not a good way to, to live, to have sinful people basically controlling your life for you. You, others, Jesus, Yoj. Basically, you're going to think you're the center of the universe if you live that way. You, Jesus, others. None of these work except for one. You see, as you go through life and you find yourself not feeling thankful, you find yourself not feeling happy or joyful or free, you know, what's happening is you've got to realign things. Things are out of alignment. It's important to stop and think and pray and let Jesus be the Lord of your universe and put others before yourself. And if you live this way, ultimately you are on the pathway to living in joy. And the expression of joy consistently is happiness or gladness on the exterior of your life showing to others. Please rise. This time we join together in confessing our Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
hearts and hands and voices. Who wondrous things has done. Happy, joyful, what's left? Free. What's interesting as I studied the word free in the Bible, it's not really used in the Old Testament, okay? That much. Why not? Why do you think it's not used very much in the Old Testament? The Old Testament focuses on what? The law. Does the law set you free? No. The New Testament The word free, freedom, is used a lot more. Because who came along to set us free? Jesus, the one who came to fulfill the scriptures for us. That's the key. Freedom is found through Jesus Christ. I want to show you um, some verses about this. First one, if you would turn to page 1663, 1663. To John chapter 8, verse 31. Sixteen sixty-three, And it says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. How? Holding on to the teachings, the belief of Jesus Christ. He's the one who sets us free. A few pages ahead, I want you to turn to John 10.10. 10. John 10.10. 10. This shows what Jesus wants for us in our lives. The thief, or the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. That Jesus wants you to have a great life. Okay, he really does. Heaven's going to be fantastic. But he wants us to have 
A great life here too. One more verse. I want you to turn to page 1815. Page 1815. Galatians 5 verse 1. Galatians 5 verse 1, Paul says, It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm them and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. What does that mean? You see, once we were slaves in sin. And then Jesus came and what did he do? He ultimately died on the cross. And he rose again. And because Jesus died and rose for us, we have freedom from sin, from Satan, and from death. That's the most important thing for us to realize in our lives. That through Jesus Christ, we have the ultimate freedom. And now that we're free in Christ, Paul's saying, don't go back into slavery. The world does not give you the answers you're looking for. A lot of people in this world, they're in slavery to things. They're in slavery to success, or slavery to money, slavery to their houses, to their cars, to addictive behaviors. And they can't figure out why they're so unhappy, why their lives feel so miserable. And so they try to get more of it, and it doesn't work. There's only one who ultimately can give us freedom, and that's Jesus Christ. And we saw in John chapter 8, he says to hold on to my teachings. When you stray from the word of God, when you don't do things God's way, that's when we go into slavery. And so now that we have this freedom, what are we called to do? The Apostle Paul, he writes a lot of his letters starting out, I, Paul, a what? Servant of Christ Jesus. The Greek word is doulos. A doulos is a slave who voluntarily gives their life to their owner. What that means is, imagine that you're, you're a slave and your owner says you're free. And then a the slave says, you know what? I give myself back to you for free. I want to be your servant for the rest of my life, voluntarily. That's what that word means. That's what Paul means when he says, I, a servant of Christ Jesus. You want to find freedom in life? Serve Jesus Christ. Live for him. A lot of people, they just want to be comfortable. They want to live in a, in a bubble. You know what kind of life that is? Boring. Jesus has something so much better for us. When we follow his way, sometimes it's going to be challenging. It's going to be difficult. But the reality is, no matter what we face, we're always what? What's the constant? Blessed. When we're following him and living under his direction letting him be the Lord over our lives in all areas, we're blessed, and ultimately we find that freedom in Jesus Christ. So in closing, we do have a lot to be thankful for. We have a God that wants us to have a great life. We're blessed. When? All the time. To be thankful for that. When we get that alignment right, Jesus, others, you, we cannot help but be thankful. And we think about the sacrifice that Jesus made because freedom comes at great sacrifice. We cannot help but be thankful. And the best way we can show our thankfulness is to give our lives to the Savior. To strive to follow him and live for him each and every day. Knowing that in him, 
is a key for contentment. In him is a key for living a life that is happy, joyful, and free. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us to find the life that you want us to live. It's found in you. We are so thankful for you, for all the blessings you continuously pour upon us. We're sorry for the times we get out of a line, and Lord, help us to always put you first and others second, ourselves third. We thank you for your sacrifice, Lord Jesus, and what that means. And Lord, now that we are free, help us to use our freedom to live for you. And on this path, we find what it truly means to have a life that is happy, joyful, and free. In your name we pray. Amen.